Welcome to the podcast series for the Gender Institute at LSC. In today's podcast, we talk to Dr. Perna Sen about women in politics and public life. She reflects on her own ambitions to become an MP, recent evidence presented at the Commission's Gender and Politics event, and starts by talking about her own research project above the parapet, looking at the experiences of women who make it in public life. I think we're all very familiar with the very poor presentation we see of women in politics, of women in academia, but we're also interested in women in diplomacy and in civil society. And I've I've identified those four areas because they're where where people who speak are supposed to be authoritative or senior in some way that has um, credibility. So women in politics, if you're senior, you get to run your country. <laughs> if you're in diplomacy, you represent your state. If you're in academia, then you're, you're supposed to know, aren't you, what you're talking about. If you're in civil society, often the women we're looking at are, are movers and shakers in the world around them. So what we're doing is saying, look, we know it's very poor representation of women here, but what can we learn from the women who've actually made it to seniority? Let's look at their stories and let's see what we can learn. So what sorts of things have been emerging from the stories that you've captured so far? Well, I have to say, it's been um, really gratifying how many women actually want to get involved and tell us about what their journey has been like. And we've talked to or have commitments to talk to 66 different women already. So the interest is absolutely brilliant. And we've got women from the former president of Malawi, Dr. Joyce Banda, through to a number of diplomats and ambassadors in different places. One ambassador who was the first person to job share so that was very, very interesting. Some who were the first women to, to represent their country at all. I've interviewed um, a woman who's a defence minister. Now, that's a whole sort of portfolio that women have been markedly absent from. So it's very interesting that women are entering those sorts of posts now. There are incredibly varied stories about how women got there. And at an impressionistic level at the moment, there's no clear route. And it's very, very specific and it's very varied. Women who've, who are the, the firsts, you know, they were the first to do this or the first to do that, have quite different stories to those who followed. And they also have very different reflections on their journey. So we, we talked to them about how they got there, where they got help, where they got stymied, who, who got in their way and how did they deal with it. The project, as you say, is very much ongoing. But how do you hope, how do you think it might contribute to the efforts to address this persistent public concern with the underrepresentation of, of women in politics? So one task, obviously, is to capture and analyse what women are saying to us. But the, the hard task is really to use that to make change. And what we want to do is to ensure that the institutions where women are seeking to progress, political parties, diplomatic cadres, universities are actually aware of the sorts of things we're learning. So what we want to do is feed this back through to those sorts of organisations at the end. And the other side is that we want to make sure that women who want to seek a career, some sort of advancement in those fields, also hear what we have we have been able to pull out for them and can take inspiration or learn in other ways from the women who've gone before them. You're also standing, actually, as a parliamentary candidate yourself in the forthcoming election. Can you tell us a bit about your own experience of being a woman in politics? So I, I should preface it by saying this is my first time standing in a, in a political election, and I've, I've never, never done it before, so it's an incredibly steep learning curve, and it's a world away from what we do in academia. The experience of it is so much richer, so much more complicated and challenging than what we do in our universities where we look at data and draw out analysis, which I'm doing with my other hat on. 
I was selected through an all-women shortlist, so that experience in itself is is quite a novel one, and it, it's not one that we've had in this country for very long, nor is it one that applies in all the countries of the world. So it's a specific experience. I have to say it's it's incredible to see the teamwork that's involved in an election campaign. There's no way I could do this on my own. So there is a real challenge of being a candidate around whom others can coalesce. I'm working with a fantastic team in my campaign, uh, a mixture of people who are young, who are students, a former MP is running my campaign, and he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, one remarkable thing about my campaign team is that it's made up of primarily women who are bringing an incredible field and history of experience to the team and who bring energy and vitality that's wonderful. But something that's quite remarkable, I think, in my campaign team is that we have a mixture of not just of men and women, but that we have an, a, a very egalitarian, cooperative mood and atmosphere in the way that we work so that's very enabling it's very supportive I think everybody feels and I, I hope I'm right in speaking for the others but I think everybody feels that they have a legitimate place to help the direction of the campaign and to contribute to its success. Now you've recently um, attended the commission's event on gender and politics um, something you know this series of podcasts is all about I wonder what for you were the key things to emerge from that particular day? Very, very interesting day, I have to say. Here's here's some reflections on it. I thought it was very interesting to have somebody like Nana there who was speaking about the practical impacts that flow from women's engagement in politics or the nature of women's engagement in politics. So she was talking about the practice of female gender mutilation here and how it can be addressed. She's worked on it for many years. I've known her for, for nearly 25 years. So to have that sort of real grounding in social and political change that we're looking for and then link it to the system of representation and how we change that was for me a very, very important theme of the day. And some of the presentations from different parts of the world were brilliant. So just to learn about, for example, what they've done in Ireland with quotas and fining parties for not addressing the issue of uh, the minimal representation of women was really, really quite something. And I wonder if we can get that elsewhere. But one of the, I mean, it left me also thinking what big challenges we still have. I do think there's been incredible progress. I think comparing politics now to the generations before us tells us that there's been a forward direction of travel. But the, the resilience and the incredible capacity of patriarchal structures to hold on to their power is something I think we always underestimate. The, the difficulties of getting women to where they ought to be and want to be, I don't think we've really been able to, to capture the dynamic and, and the possibilities of movement as strongly as, as we'd like to. I think there were two or three contributors who spoke of the need to disaggregate women's experience, not least of all by race and class. And I don't think we've done enough to do that in terms of the nitty gritty and the data and I'd like to see a lot more attention paid to that differential, varied journey and experience and strategies that women use depending on who they are. I wonder how important you think the evidence that's being gathered in projects like your own, the Above the Parapet project and the work of the Commission in trying to address these these wide issues, this, this underrepresentation of women in, in politics and in, in wider public life too. Well, you know, the thing is people don't change unless you can convince convince them overwhelmingly, especially you know, for women, for black women, for people with disabilities, you know, those who are least heard have the hardest job to do. And one of the ways in which you convince people, those who are reasonable, (laughs) 
those who are unreasonable, you're not going to convince. Those who are reasonable and with whom you can have a rational debate is to present data, is to present evidence. So the capturing and corralling of that sort of material is absolutely crucial. The real task, the real, I think, really difficult task is the other side of that, which is the listening part of the conversation. To get people to hear, to get people to listen, and to get people to change is what is going to be very, very hard. And I think, you know, the more we can join together our different pieces of work, which is why I'm very interested in what you're doing, is trying to look at what the Commission's doing and what we're doing on the above the parapet, and I think we could do more of that, is to gather that strength in numbers, gather that strength in terms of the breadth of work we're doing, to keep pushing what should become an overwhelming and compelling case, the, the broader and wider and deeper it is. Indeed. I wonder if there's one big change you would hope personally to see in your lifetime when it comes to women in politics. I'll tell you when I know when things will really change is when we don't talk about women in politics the way we don't talk about men in politics, because then it will be normal. Then we will know that there's not, you know, that we've made it. If it's just a matter of course, we don't have to keep saying it has to be changed. And when we know that there's as many women we disagree with as there are women we agree with, then we really will have captured the spread of political representation. Perna Sen was talking to Christine Garrington following the Commission's event, Gender and Politics. You can find out more about the work of the Commission at www.lsc.ac.uk forward slash Gender Institute. And you can also follow us on Twitter at LSC Gender Tweet.